Hello, and welcome to The Campaigns, the actual play podcast from D&D Academy. I am Michael, and this is The Campaigns, A New World, episode number 16, The Oath Hammer. In our previous episode, the PCs, along with the nobles, finalized their initial negotiations with the slug creatures, and they came to an agreement that the slug creatures would return to their homeland and come back with an elder, which they explained is someone that could sign an official treaty with the pilgrims, making sure that there was a mutually beneficial arrangement and that the pilgrims would be safe against the sluggo creatures inside or outside of the city. With those negotiations complete, there was some hemming and hauling, but eventually pretty much all the characters ended up entering into the city. And that's kind of where we left off was with them just entering in. So in this episode, we're going to pick up with them trying to decide what their first priority is. Is it food? Is it water? Is it light? Is it exploring the city in front of them? So here is The Campaigns, A New World, episode number 16, The Oath Hammer. Previously, on A New World, the characters held their negotiations with the slug creatures. They uh, utilized a zone of truth spell to make sure that the slugs were telling the truth. And they negotiated the ability to negotiate a treaty. So Sluggo and his four other slug people that were infiltrated as guards left said they would return in three or four days with an elder who could actually sign that sort of a treaty to make it worth your while to bring their people out in exchange for just not killing them. And then you guys made your way inside the city. You have no food, no water, can't cast spells. You have almost no torches and almost no lanterns. And that's where we're going to pick things up. What Such do you guys a positive want to do? outlook. Well, I wanted to make food and water before we came in, but... You still can. I mean, yeah, if you, you literally could open the door, step outside, cast it, and then... Because once you create it... I will do that. It is still food. real. Yeah, so it doesn't just disappear. You do break the what, first or second law of thermodynamics. But aside from that, because of <laughs> magic, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am God, so. <laughs> so you'll Here's your bread, fish, and wine. So you'll need containers because they're really, like, you guys don't, oh, so some of the water will go to waste, but they'll be able to capture enough of it at least to help out. And the food is just sort of like, I don't think, it's basically just like manna. It's just like protein goo. So you at least have enough. There's not enough food for 100. It's gruel. People, yeah. But uh, it, it's enough. To, if you guys ration, it's better than nothing. At least it's going to keep you alive. And you got you can cast that several times a day. Like if that's all you cast, I think you can actually. Because is that a first level spell? Well, there is a first level, but then there's the one that I had saved for doing this for making food. But it creates 30 pounds of food and 20 gallons of water. Well, I'm just thinking, is that a first level spell or is that a third level spell? That's a third level spell. Okay, so you can cast it all your fourth and all your third. So you actually can cast it like five times. Okay. So if, if like if that's all. Yeah, because I'm not going to be able to use magic when I'm in there. So I mean, I might as well. Right, but again, but at this point it would be wasted because you don't have enough containers for everything. So you may have to go into the city try to find like barrels and carts and then okay. cast it. So you guys are basically at this thoroughfare. The, the there's like a main run. 
couple hundred feet wide. It's just massively wide that leads straight back to that dragon pillar that's holding up the roof with the red eyes. It's the only only thing you can see that's not totally black at this point are those two red eyes that are glowing a little bit. And then the the city, from what you can tell, is like almost perfectly straight. Just, you know, straight thoroughfare this way, straight thoroughfare that way, orderly blocks. It just stretches off into the darkness behind you. So you can go right, left, or straight and go into the city. So where do you guys want to do? We need to cut them by this. We need to cover all this area. We need to figure out where the food and the water is, if there is any. If there isn't any, we can't even stay in the city. Are there natural, are there things growing in here anywhere? Not that you can see right now. I think Do we hear any water flow? Give me a perception check. So our cantrips don't even work. 17? No. From this point, you can't hear anything, which, you know, there's, there's people shuffling and armor creaking and, you know, swords banging and that kind of thing. Just, yeah. Um. Um, uh, Mondi's cutting wind over there. So there's probably too much noise it, unless it was like a raging waterfall. And again, this is vast. That, that would be like standing at the, the tip of New York City and trying to hear something that's halfway down. So from where we're standing, what when we look at this vast city or whatever it is, where does it look? Where where would we, What would we key into and go, let's go there first? Well, there are... are there, like, is there centralized living areas or centralized big buildings somewhere? All the buildings are the same height. They're all one-story buildings. And again, they just sort of stretch off orderly. It's like a suburb. So if you go right, you're going to walk just down the, the inside length of the wall. There doesn't appear to be any buildings there. It's just walking along the inside of the wall. Same thing to the left. And if you walk straight, you're going to walk between any buildings and you're going to approach the dragon pillar. But if you go off at 45-degree angle, as you run into buildings really quickly. Where is the dragon pillar? Straight ahead. In the center? Yep, because if you walk dead straight from those doors, a few hundred yards, you run into the dragon pillar. What's the dragon pillar? Can you describe the dragon pillar? Yeah, um, you can't tell if it's like a stalactite, stalagmite that's come together and been carved, or if it was... It goes from floor to ceiling. It goes floor to ceiling, and it's carved to look like a, a dragon. dragon sitting kind of like a cat would, you know, you know how the cats sit with their feet together. Like a gargoyle. It's kind of like a gargoyle with its wings spread out as if as if the dragon is actually holding the cavern up. So, I mean, it's just, the dragon itself is like 400 feet tall, and its wingspan is, you know, um, appropriate for that size of a thing. So, it's just massive dragon. And then it's got a, a gaping maw that looks to be like a balcony that actually goes into that pillar, and then the eyes are glowing red. But they're not what, flickering. The, they're like the two eyes of the Before dragon. That, a what? A like mouth? a balcony. It's like his mouth. Like the mouth is open. And, and, it's you, a and it looks like it, you can go yeah, in. Yeah, like it. you could stand inside the mouth as if it's like a balcony that goes into that pillar. How high is the mouth from the About ground? About 300 feet high. I'm, I'll turn to the group, everybody, nobles, and say, if no one has any objections, I'm, le- I'm leading us to the center of the city. Okay. And I'll say a little bit quietly to Blaine, I'm like, that's where we went, which is fine. This is the path we took. What so do you mean? When Valius when and Jack I, tried to explore the first time, just for we a little went bit, to the center of the city. That's where they oh, went. I didn't know you went that far in. Yes. Are you saying we should go somewhere else? I'm just telling that's what we did. So I, it's safe. However, there's no food. My primary concern is food and water and a way for people to see. I do not, I am not afraid of the dark, but most humans i believe are do you have a better suggestion nope i'm just letting you know what has taken place so we're both in the same page you guys probably have at most four hours of light between torches and lanterns before they're completely gone now the dwarves can see in the dark 
I think you even have low light. I was trying to think of something. That doesn't work in complete darkness. And this is complete darkness, right? There's no... Other than the the red glowy eyes, that's it. So there will be a little bit of low light for him around that area, maybe. Yeah, but it's 300 feet up, so it's actually... The fact that you can even see it at all, it's it's not really going to provide enough light to do anything. Would we be able to open the doors and then cast daylight and just have daylight shine in? You could try it. I would have to... I think we're wasting Pray time. on that. I think keep the doors open. As we go into the center of the city, we can't leave the doors open and unattended. When we were going through that forest that was cut through like a cave, like right after the water, mm-hmm. was those roots? Yeah, they're roots. So they would be burnable. And eatable. And, uh, I mean... Maybe. We're that, not sure. That they could supplement a diet. They couldn't replace one. But, some fiber. <laughs> yeah, some fiber. But, but Slogo was talking to Dern about it. There are animals that live in that forest. There are probably other vegetation that you might be able to call and, you know, sustain on. But he also said that there are a lot of dangerous creatures in that forest as well. If you go off the beaten paths, you're... So that might be the food source and the source for light. I almost think we need to leave some people by the door and we need to go, a group of us needs to go gather wood... Yeah, wood, wood for right now, yeah. And then we can, once we've we got have a, light, we can see we've if there's got plenty of paste. There. If not, this might the only food source that we have might be there, which means once we go out, we need, when we come back, we need to double check that there's no slug people coming back in. Right now we're safe, but maybe later we will not be. If we don't have light, people will panic and we'll have bigger issues. And if there is any predators in here, I would like other people to be able to see them except for the two of us. Yeah. And some other dwarves are around, but yeah. I'm sure they're not listening to me anyways, because they don't like me. So so the nobles have basically set up that, at least for now, because the light sources are so limited, they don't want to separate into multiple parties, because that will, you know, have the number of lights. So I to think stay we should, you guys should stay by the door. Well, actually, I have a question. Outside, was there light? No, it was still really dark in there, but you guys had torchlight or lantern. It just has been... No, no. Yeah, you basically went the entire night. So you've you've burned through it. I mean, I didn't set you have X number of torches, but it's very limited. Okay. So they actually think that everyone should go together because they don't want to leave a light source for the people at the door. The people at the door don't want to sit in the dark. So they just want to go together. Basically, they all 130 people want to... Horrible idea. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> I will look at Blaine, and I will say, horrible idea. <laughs> what are you referring to? That the nobles want to keep everyone together. They want the hundred people to go back to the to the everyone roots that we pass by to grab some wood. No, so no, no. I thought fly. you meant in the city. I apologize. I thought you meant no. You want in the city. You're saying go back to the root and grab some wood. For we torches. need some wood. Now that they are fine with some of you guys doing. Okay, we need to just grab a bunch of wood. I like empty out. I need some backpacks. Okay. So they again. Most people didn't have time to grab stuff. They, they just ran, so you might have... Women's shirts. <laughs> They're All of them are hot, so I guess it's okay. <laughs> we made them. High or low? Hi. You find three backpacks out of all the people that grab How stuff. much wood do I think that would hold? Uh, I will say, you because you they're not really going to be torches. They don't have pitch on them. You could probably get five sticks in each one that you think you could burn for an hour each. So that'd be 15 one-hour torches. That's horrible. That's just one trip. We need to do multiple. And what we can hold. Okay, so we just assign some people with a couple guards 
to start making trips? I think this would be us. Oh, okay. There's too many unknowns. I don't want innocent people to get hurt over this. I am willing to be the volunteer. Well, no, but we also don't... I mean, it might be good to get to start assigning tasks, get people in the mindset of working, get their mind off of just sitting here being... just thinking about what could attack them. True. A few people with a couple guards. Good guards. I would still like to join you. For, how come? If they're going for the wood? Yeah. Just in case something happens? You're running out of light. We need to talk quickly. I, you know what I actually want to do? I want to see if there's any dwarf volunteers. Because we don't need light. We could fashion a sled and carry a whole, out of the wood that we chopped down, we could make a sled out of that, just with some rope. Yeah, charisma roll. And then be able to carry a whole lot more. 21. Most of the dwarves don't really like you. They don't trust you yet because they're not sure why you're... Come on, you pansies! So you can tell that there's hesitation. Like when you start asking for volunteers, they, they don't really want to answer. But two of them volunteer. Can I Can I try and there's help? There's probably more that would if it, you weren't the one asking. Uh, I'm aware. It's okay. I will win them in time. I'll prove my worth through actions. Okay. Give me a uh, perception check. Like a wisdom. Fuck. That should be nine. Nice enough. Yeah. If somebody rolls for perception. <laughs> when the answer five. is fuck, it's not yeah. good. I rolled five. a five. All right, you are surprised. You don't quite get why there's not more dwarfs volunteering. I am surprised. There's not very many dwarfs at this point. There's probably less than ten, and you guys are two of them. So there's eight, and only two of them volunteers. So there's six other dwarfs that just seem to be just him hawing around and not not really respond. They won't look you in the eyes. They won't look him in the eyes. But they just are sort of dwarvenly stubborn that they don't want to go. I want to ask for volunteers. Okay. I am actually getting things together, and I'm, I'm about to leave. I don't believe. All right. You seem to have a little bit better luck than him. Like, they seem to respond to you better, but they keep coming up with excuses why that shouldn't be them, because they can see that they should stay with the the rest of the civilians. So those four, they point at Durin and Valius and the two dwarves, they can go, and the rest of us will stay here to, to help protect in case our lights go out. Are you afraid to go? Of course not. It just seems like it. Well, I can cast light. <laughs> no! Or, I, I will go. Nobody calls me outside, a shower. Outside of the... Or yellow. Yellow. Out, outside of the walls, I can cast light on objects. So, yeah. So, you convinced I mean, more of them to go. You, you kind of got his crawl about being a coward, and so he volunteered. So, you now have three dwarves plus yourselves. So, yeah. So, once you step outside, you could cast daylight or light and provide light to the people going into the forest. So who's going into the wood to the underground forest to get I am. You are with Durin, Blaine, and three other dwarves. Sure. Yep. And that's all who's going. Yes. And then everybody else is going to stay behind with the lights and the torches and the other dwarves for protection. You can cast light so you guys don't need light. Actually, yeah, that that will work. And then you guys are going to go into the forest, right? Yep. Okay. So you guys start making your way. The the tunnels like this is a natural cavern from what you can tell. So it's you know it's not like a carved path. It's ma- very much like Mammoth Cave or or other caverns like that. So you have these little side passages that go 3 feet and stop and you have natural stalactites and stalagmites and little pools of stagnant water and so, you know sometimes you just have little holes that look like they drop down hundreds of feet to maybe a lower level of the cavern. But it's pretty easy to follow the main path because even though it's not carved it is like the largest 
path. So if you're ever in a room and you look around, there's three ways to go. Whichever one is the biggest one is pretty much the one you're going to go through every time. So it's not very difficult, and especially you guys also being dwarves, you're very comfortable underground. You navigate this pretty easily. Still takes you about an hour and a half to navigate your way back through these winding passages. You recross this two natural streams of water that are running, uh, and they sort of, from what you can I tell, it's, it's running. Weather skins up. It's running uh, sort of a perpendicular to the city. So it looks like it's sort of going north to south and the city sort of stretches east to west. You uh, refill your on, water skin. Exp- explain that again. So are you, are you implying that the city gets intersected by that river at some point or that it does not? Possibly could, yeah. So your city's going this way and the water's coming this way. And But, but again, you've already walked for an hour and a half. You haven't explored the city, so you don't really know how far it goes in the direction. But you get the feeling that maybe it does. So it gives us an idea because where there's water, there might be food. Yeah. Um, so you cross those two little streams, you wind your way back up, and you actually, you have to go up a little bit before you get up to the to the forest. Now, as I said before, so the forest is just this, again, it's just a massive, almost like a opening with all these roots that come down from those giant massive trees, and they intertwine, and there's little twigs that come off of it, and there, and there appears to be like, you know, just like, an, it almost looks like a normal forest, except it's upside down, is, is really the only thing is the thickness is at the top. And the the small branches are at the bottom, but there's still like fauna at the, on the ground. There's lichen, uh, you know, that that grows there, and you can actually even see like insects buzzing around. You might see like sort of like a toad jumping. So there's there's life in this forest, but there's been this really large swath cut off. It looks like someone came through with just a sickle and cut the top of the roofs, uh, the roots off at the top of this cavern top, and made a path through it. Very clear follow this path but you just step two feet in off either side and you're in deep forest it's just upside down and this is where you guys if you want to just start chopping wood now did you guys fashion any sort of cart or are you just going to haul this we'll have to do it here because i mean we didn't really have any materials to make a cart okay we only had wheels yeah i just didn't know if there were any spells you had that would actually Nope. Do anything for you. Is there any carrying spells or increase the amount someone can carry? No. Nope. I don't have any. Uh, hand, magic hands? Some of the arcane I spells. can make clapping noises. <laughs> that would be helpful. <laughs> I can command Good people. Good job. I can, command, that I, I, I can <laughs> command people to lift. <laughs> lift this. Oh, that's too many words. Lift. Carry. Yeah. No, I don't have anything. So I basically want to fill the backpacks, give it to some other doors, because obviously I can't have four backpacks on me. Yeah. Um, and basically fill up my ha- my hands, and as much as I can. Okay. We have rope, right? Uh, I have rope. Normally, you guys would. Again, I-, I would argue that because of how things happen, you probably didn't have time to get your gear. What? So I, would, I sleep with my backpack. I would say that you have one. Rope someone happened to have with them or grabbed it. It was me because I'm an explorer. If you wanted to bring it, yes. So you do have 50 feet of rope, but it's probably the only root rope the whole uh, society has at the moment. Like if we use that piece of rope to tie around a big bundle of wood, a couple people could drag it. Maybe that would take more than just carrying it. Yeah, I'm not against that. Can I use my skills as an explorer to figure out what is the best way to carry a bunch of wood? Or actually, no, I'll say it a different way. I would like to use my skills as an explorer to fashion a, some kind of a sled that we can stack wood in. Okay, so once you start cutting roots and the fact that you do have rope, you would be able to, to make some sort of a, 
What's it called? A Travoy? A Travay that you like? Like a, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's, it doesn't have wheels. Yeah, it's like a three prong like sled. Yeah, that that you would, No, I think it's like called a travoy or Treve, I think. Yeah, it's some kind of French word, I believe. Um, so yeah, it's basically it's like a, a a dragging sled that you could use to pile up a bunch of, of wood. But because it's a cavern, it's not floor. You just have to be careful with it. You know, yeah, travoy. It's T R A V A U X. Okay, travoy. Travoy, yeah, something okay. like that. All right, so yes, you would be able to fashion something, probably Learned carry something today. A, a lot more than you normally would be able to carry. Plus, you do still have six people, so if two people drag that, you still have four people that could throw a bundle over their shoulder, and Blaine's really strong. He could probably carry a lot. Okay. You just put some in his teeth. <laughs> All right, so you guys begin chopping down this upside-down forest, and a couple of things you notice. One, really loud. Spiders start falling out of it. <laughs> no. Uh, first is very very loud because you're you're in a very quiet. So as soon as your first axe or sword hits the the root, it's just like like, like the a, librarian in Indiana Jones. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> Nobody. In the Last Crusade, when he's trying to smash through the floor in the library. Oh, he's waiting for her to stamp. Okay. The guy oh. he times it up so the librarian's like, and then there's a huge thing. The librarian's like. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so just like as you hit it, I mean, it's almost like a thunderclap. It's just boom, and it just sort of echoes, you know, and just kind of like a little bit of vibration. So it's just really, really loud. The second thing you notice is that there's a a sap that starts coming out of the tree, and it, it doesn't run. What's it smell like? Are you gonna get that close to it? <coughs> it smells kind of sweet. Oh boy, I want to taste it. Okay, so the first time you chop, I want to use my knowledge of a baker and food. <laughs> To does it smell like any high fructose corn syrup? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it smell like it's anything I've smelled before. Like any. Uh, let me your background. Does it have any s- bad smells to it? It's got okay. trans fats. Can't eat it. Yeah. On a sodium glutamate. Really high sodium content. Uh, what's that? Uh, did you roll that with your background? So that almost said it's wisdom, plus your background points. And uh, well, I have a negative in wisdom. Yeah. It's your background in it, so that's good. Plus my what? Your background points. Remember, we're doing backgrounds like 13th age, so you have points spent in Baker or Commoner. It's probably on the back of your sheet. I think you put like three or four okay. points. 17. It smells sweet. There's nothing that makes you think it's dangerous. Like you, There's nothing about the aroma that would turn you off of it. It still doesn't mean it's good for you, but there's nothing immediately that like, no, fuck no, we're not touching this. So now what would you like to do? Well, this could be useful. I mean, it's the first food type of thing we found. I mean, if we give people spoonfuls of sap, that'll give them some energy and perk them up. Are you sure it's healthy? Or are you sure it's poisonous? Is it poisonous, maybe? First character to die of sap poisoning. <laughs> How did your character die? Kissing a tree. Well, you know what? We can store some, and I can pray to my god and find out tomorrow. <laughs> okay, let's do that. All right. So you continue to chop through these roots, and you're getting... I would assume because of what you're trying to do, you're not going after the super big ones because it's hard to carry the logs. So you're sort of intentionally hitting near the the bottoms as well as cutting off like the, the limbs and trees. It's still taking a while. The sap doesn't run like water. I mean, it's not just flowing out like a faucet, but it's it's running thicker than what you would experience with like uh, sugar gum sap or molasses. It's not nearly that thick. So it's sort of kind of in the middle of, of that water and, and uh, molasses sap. 
continues to run. It, it does get sticky, so your axes are, and your swords are are getting coated with the stuff, so they're getting sticky. So it's, it's actually getting a little bit harder as you go t- to make progress. So you guys have been working at this for about an hour. You've got a pretty big bundle of of wood, and you're just about ready to start back when Durin, you hear something sort of rustling behind you, and you turn and you see it looks like fog sort of intentionally drifting towards you. So it's just white sort of gray mist, but it's clearly moving towards you. Uh, I'll get everyone else's attention. You know, there's fog behind me. <laughs> hey, there's a fog behind me. All right, everybody roll me a perception check, right. including Uh Perception or spot? Because dwarves have advantage to... Wisdom checks to listen and spot while underground. I'm gonna say perception. Curse y'all! I got uh, 17. Two, two. Okay. You guys were so so worried about the. You guys turn and you look to see where Dern is pointing, and, and you guys see this right away. It clearly is. It's like a patch of fog, about three foot in diameter, about a foot thick. It almost looks like cotton, but it's grayer than that. And it's floating about a foot off the ground, and it's sort of just moving very steadily towards Durin. And you're all completely unaware as the creature attacks you from behind. Even me? Yep, because you're all looking at the... Even with the 17? Yes. Okay. I just didn't know if you forgot. Yeah, yeah, no, I I rolled. It's it's basically it's stealth, and it was higher than that. So you turn and look, and you're caught completely unaware as this beast-like creature, very similar to like a tiger, and reminds you very, very similarly what Sluggo told you about... It's almost like a white outline of this creature wraps itself around you and digs its claws into your chest. So it sort of jumps over uh, around you like a like a cat attacking prey. So its mouth is on the back of your neck and its claws reach around and they reach into your armor. And I rolled a 19 versus armor class, which I think is not enough to hit you. So there's this... I have this beast on yeah, me. Yeah, you have this beast on you. What are you going to do? Scream, yell, cry? Uh, well... Shoot. Well, this isn't your round. I'm just saying what oh. you're doing. This, this thing jumped on you. Ah, you know, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> what a wonderful... <laughs> so, so Durin goes, oh! Everyone turns quickly around again, and you see this creature. And again, it, it, it looks very similar to what a, a tiger... That's exactly what I envisioned, it, was I just had a giant tiger on me. It's a me. giant tiger, but it's, again, it's more like a white outline. Almost like it's invisible, but you can just see the edges of it. That is on you and giant. It even has some sort of camouflage stripes that also help it. So it's very, very hard to see. But you see more of them coming out of the forest towards you. So there's one already attacked him and you see at least two, if not three more coming towards you. And you still don't know what the white curly stuff is. So now we'll go ahead and roll initiative. Okay. You actually get to go before the creatures. So you spin around. Now you have a hammer as a weapon, so I don't know what you are using to cut down trees. The hammer, and everybody's just like... (laughs) (laughs) He's just blasting away like with a sledgehammer. That's why it was so loud. (laughs) knocking branches. (laughs) Branches are just falling. So you turn and you see, again, this creature sort of just jumped on. He's wearing it like a cape. And you see three more that are sort of stalking out of the, the, the forest. And they're really hard to see. It's almost like as you see them, like your eyes just want to drift off of them. But they're clearly these outlined tiger creatures. They're they're stalking up. They're they're within pouncing distance, so they're going to attack someone soon. 
But you get a chance to act in front of them. So what do you want to do? Can I get to him and attack? Yes. I'll nine iron his all, what's on his back. Don't miss. <laughs> all right. Roll your attack roll. Um, is there a limit to if I activate my oath hammer mm-hmm. and it works and I and and then this thing dies? Is there a limit to activating it again in the same day or the same encounter? No. Uh, as soon as that thing that you're attacking dies, you can reactivate it. Over a twenty. Well, we need to know actually. Uh oh, that's scary. We run. <laughs> Twenty-five. Okay. High or low? Low. Okay. Roll your damage. Twelve damage. Okay. Durin, you take twelve points of damage. Holy shit! Hold on. Let me get my phone out. The twenty-five didn't hit the creature. No, it hit Durin. Okay. I can now. I can attack again, right? Yes. And I still get advantage on the second attack. Yeah, but you don't get your damage thing because you also have a damage thing where you get to roll like twice and take the better one on damage. Also, I'll check on that later. Yeah, uh, twenty to hit. Twenty. Yeah. All right. Higher low. Low. Okay. Roll your damage. Eleven damage. So the first time when you attacked, it's it's not as if you missed the creature. It's as if your hammer went through it like it wasn't even really there. Uh, the second time, though, it connects with it, and you actually hear sort of like a mewing growl as you hit and connect. And you're you're like knocked forward this time by the the attack, yeah. but it doesn't do the same thing to you. What's the creature's reaction? Um, it lets go, like you. It sort of come, lets go of him. Does it look like it's going to then turn and run or stay and fight? It doesn't look like it's running. How much damage did you get, do again? The second time, yeah. eleven damage. 11, okay, that's what I got. All right. I'm going to. Can I? Is is uh, raging y- using an action? I believe you just. Uh, it's like a swift action. You just go into. Can uh, I activate my oath hammer and rage right now for next? Right now for next turn. Yes. Okay. Then that's what I do, and I'm done. So it's as part of your action remove. So going into rage does not take up either one. You can just kind of do it, and you're also activating your oath hammer. Yeah. Okay. Okay, it is now the Spectral Tiger's turn to attack. Uh, the first one is actually the one that was on him is going to turn and attack you, as is another one that comes up. So two of them are going to attack Blaine, so they'll give them advantage on their attacks. 20 and a 23. Both hit. 24 points of damage as they sort of just gang up and both claw, 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 claw. All right, the other two, one is going to attack Durin again. His claws rake off of the Ding. Yeah, like yeah. sparks fly. And then Valius. Ooh, like a 26. Misses. For nine points of damage. So as before, like you, these creatures are right in front of you. And they are growling, mewing, mewling like large cats. But even as you're looking at it, it's like your eyes want to go off to the side. Like you have the hardest time seeing it. Me. But anybody. Oh, anybody. Anybody. Just it's just like a basically it's like a natural camouflage that it's just hard for your eyes to stay focused on it. It's so like part an octopus against a rock, you can see it, but like you almost lose focus of it because it's like so. It just. I I, I understand mentally. I, I don't know how to explain it that, but but part of their high armor class is that it's just hard to attack them because you want to attack it over here. It's like you just it's hard to aim. However, during is your turn, so you are right next to Blaine. There are three of these cats right in your area. One that is attacking you and two that are attacking Blaine. One of them has been hit. The other two have not. I'm going to cast my Guardian of Faith, hopefully. Again, if I remember, that's the giant dwarf with a hammer that just hits every round. Yeah. 
So does it automatically hit, or do I have to roll for that? Well, it, you must succeed on a dex saving throw or take 15 radiant damage. Okay. Is that a concentration spell, or is it the... It just says a, it's a range spell. But if you don't want Duration. read it quickly, because okay. there's, there's three of them. I don't know if it does attack all three or just one. Okay, so it, it actually would be able to hit all three of the creatures right now. So all... What's the casting time and duration? It's four hours, and it's awesome. one action. Okay, basically, that is your action? Yep. So I'm going to roll all three of their saves. And what is the DC I have to get against? So 14. 14. Okay. Two of them fail and take 15 points of damage. One of them passes and takes seven. So it's already dealt 37 points of damage. But it did hit. Yep, I'm going to. All three of them. So that was very effective. All right, Valius. You've been attacked by one of these spe- spectral Hold on, tigers. Let me, let me help bro out because I, I can read his mind. Thank you. Well, actually, I have. Here's a D10. Oh, that was what I was. I was going to grab Here's one out of there, but. that Oh, this will work just fine. All right, Valius. See how I can read his mind? Yeah. Are you impressed? So, I, positionally wise, how close is Blaine and Durin to me? They're probably 20 feet away. From each of from, like, from from you, each other? They're, or they're, they're right Are next to each other. Are they close to each other? They're close to each other. They're 20 feet from you. I want to move in the middle of them and cast Righteous Shield and say with the power of my god, protect us. And it's the one that gives you uh, resistance to bludgeoning, impression, and slashing damage. Any creature, friendly creature, within 10 feet of me. Okay. So if people are not close to me, that's why I'm in between so them. So right now, the way I'm envisioning this is there's, there's dwarf, 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 you, them. So if you move to them to cast a spell, none of the other dwarfs will be in the spell. If you cast a spell here, all the other dwarfs will be in the spell, but they will not. All right, I will go with the other dwarfs, and I will say, to me, to be protected. And then I'll say, by the power of my god, protect us. Okay, so, so if they move into the area, it does take effect? or, or Yes, holy power radius from you, protecting friendly creatures okay. within 10 feet. Concentration or up to one minute. So if we fight more than one minute, you have to let me know. Okay, so basically he casts a spell that gives you guys resistance to damage, but you're outside of it. So if you can move yourself closer to him, then you will get that benefit. But at the moment, you are not included. And that's my whole action because yep. it's a full action. Yep. All right, Blaine, it's back to you. So you have an activated oath hammer and three spectral cats, one of which is the object of your oath. That's um, who I'm going to try. I think this is the first time we've actually used your oath hammer. Yeah, it is. Um, so you want to just quickly tell everybody at home what your badass hammer does once it's been activated? Cheap. Uh, boom shakalaka. I don't even have. I still don't have a magical weapon. Anyways, it, that's it my. It hurts. Point. It hurts bad. <clears throat> it uh, it gives me. When I activate it, it gives me a... My attack bonus goes from a 9 to a 12, and my attack damage goes from a 2d6 to a 5d6. But the downside is it's... uh, Once I activate it, I have to kill that creature. Otherwise, I only get those bonuses when I'm attacking that creature. And unless that creature dies, then it can't reset. So I have to kill this creature, or somebody else has to kill it in order for me to ever use the Oath Hammer again. Yep. So once it's activated, it is an Oath of, of Death. Between you or it has to die before your hammer resets again. So if something flies away, you can never use it ever again. So like, like you could smack somebody with it, and then they just take off. Yep. And you're like, fuck. That's why, I've never, that's why this is the first time I've activated it. Yep. Well, I'm glad I didn't 
cast uh, my thing, command flee. <laughs> no! <laughs> Come back here, you stupid cat. <laughs> For the rest of the game, it's just him walking through the woods going, But you can kill all these cats and just like, but where's that cat? Yeah. <laughs> I just I have all these teeth and cats. I can't find it. <laughs> all right. I'm attacking that cat or whatever it is. Yep. Um, 25 to hit. That will hit. 30 damage. Higher. Low. Your hammer swings through it and appears to go through mist. Uh, more than 25. Well, higher low. Low. It connects. You can roll damage. For those at home, you have a 50% chance of hitting. So 50% of the time you miss, 50% of the time you hit. Talk about that's just how I'm doing it. 22 damage. Okay, the, the creature is staggered and then some, but it is not yet down. Alrighty, the wolf's turn. So, Am I in danger of being flanked? Yes. I'd like to move. Okay, so you're going to try to sort of circle away mm-hmm. and get in position. Okay, so I will not give them flanking. They still both are going to attack you. So the one that attacked you first will attack... Uh, with an 18 versus armor class. Hit. And an 18 versus armor class. Miss. That's weird. 19 points of damage between their two attacks. The one attacking during, 13 misses. And Valius, 23 versus armor class. Ah, uh, that we hit. 12 points of damage. Divided by two, or I'm going to assume that you give me straight damage before. That yes, thing. I'm giving you total damage. You have to handle the math. Okay, of, that's fine. Of this I just didn't want to double... Subtract, give, me a, uh, give me a um, perception check. Not a spot check? 14. 14. All right. You hear one of the dwarfs further down the line go, holy hell! And as you look over, you see that there's some sort of tentacle-like creature slithering through the forest towards them as well. You don't see what it's attached to. It's just It looks just like a tentacle. All right. Durant. <laughs> How much wood do we have in the thing? <laughs> you were about ready to to go. You you were getting ready to pack up and head out. I'm, I wouldn't be against running had I not just activated my <laughs> So let me kill this one cat. Oh, you then... can't communicate complicated tactics yeah, out of character. You have to do it in-game. That's not complicated. Don't you fucking run, man! <laughs> not yet! Just wait! I just took a note. What? <laughs> what does that mean? Um, uh, wait, well, first of all, on your turn, I'm going to go ahead and roll your, uh, your spiritual hammer. All of them pass... So that is 21 more points of damage. Oh, all right. Okay, so the one that you hit is very, very wounded at this point. Yeah, I've only got two more. It's like its leg is sort of sticking at a a weird angle, um, and your senses tell tell you that it's going to flee on its turn. Like, it's a a natural beast, which predator, and this is clearly not what it was in for. So you know that on its turn it's probably going to run away. So do I I know which creature... It is that... No. That is just not fair. I'm, I'm going to cast... I say something? Because Maybe. I wouldn't know. I mean, technically, unless you've shared what your Oathhammer does, they wouldn't actually... I mean, we share it with I the mean, podcast I, listeners. Right, but that's what I want to say. Because I sense that, I want to say we have to kill this creature before it leaves. If he says that in battle. I, I would say in battle it would be more like, kill that one! Okay. More than anything, but yeah. If he said that, then I would hold off on the spell that I was going to cast. And then I would just cast my uh, Inflict Wounds, which is 3d8 necrotic damage. Okay, so what is the casting time on that? 
One action. One action, and it's uh, uh, instantaneous. Is there a save or anything? Does does it say like just? It must make a con saving throw. And does it take half damage if you succeed? And half as much. Okay, that's what I think. Okay, so it's con saving throw versus what we say, fifteen or fourteen? Uh, it's uh, fourteen. Fourteen. Okay, so you bring your spell, and this is actually another thing because the way we're doing your character, when you cast necrotic spells, you get plus two. When you cast healing spells, you get negative two. So normally your cure wounds are like 1d8 plus 2. Yours is actually 1d8 minus 2. But your damage dealing like inflict wounds is actually plus 2. Okay. So you I guys get wouldn't in. know that I out of character. But yeah, when he when he does that, he seems more... He's better at dealing damage than he is curing it. Notes the paladin. Okay. In right. character, I'm like, real notes. don't cast cure wounds because you get a negative <laughs> 2 to that spell. <laughs> Yeah! <laughs> See, I still... You just cast it, so I guess I get a perception check. But I still haven't witnessed him doing this. Because if I do, it's going to change my poly perception of him. What do you mean? Casting... Evil, deadly spells, yes. Poly will have a problem with you casting evil spells that corrupt people's flesh. It's just how it works. Okay. Okay, let's see. The, okay, so it failed, it failed its roll, so you're going right. to do 3d8 plus 2. 14. 14. Plus 2. Plus two 16. 16. It failed, so it takes the whole shebang. And you see, again, it doesn't truly have flesh. It literally is just a white light, white outline of a creature, but it sort of shrinks in on itself. Like oh it just God. sort of curls up. Not like in a ball, but in, you know, like a, like a creature like going into the fetal position, but it looks like every bit of its flesh sort of, sort of curls into itself. And there's almost like it pops, and then there's just viscera on the ground so it truly was a real creature i mean there's like now a dead giant cat there where before it was an invisible line <laughs> um, and you can see that the flesh is like already rotted and stinky and oh yeah my so guy you know, would yep, does it look like it was a dead cat that was being controlled to you it looks like it was a dead cat along it was dead a while ago seems like it hmm. all right valius do I know this spell he cast? Give Possibly. Me, uh, like an arcana check? Yeah. You can actually sort of, over the din of battle, hear him. You are just... Okay, wait a minute. It actually, what the fuck? It sounds a lot like a cure spell, but in some way, like, a couple of the words were changed, and you can clearly sense that he cast a spell. Evil magic. Well, I would say necrotic magic, not necessarily evil. Because there is a difference. Not for a paladin, there is not. It could be. We don't live in a black and white. I can't wait for you to move. But But anyway, uh, you see him cast a spell and one of the cats disintegrates. But uh, you hear further off one of the dwarves. They're they're kind of making their way towards you, just sort of just backing away as this tentacle continues to slither. It's like really long. Is it my turn? Yes, it is your turn. So you still have three spectral cats and a slithery tentacle. Okay, so just so that I understand the character, how fast is this tentacle moving? Um, is it like slow slag lag moving or is it actually moving fast? It's moving pretty fast. I need, I'm going to tell the dwarves to... That's just too complicated. It's like I, I can form a whole paragraph here. Here's what I need to do. I want you to move towards the tentacle and hit it. Okay. But I want to do it in such a way that it's going away from the dwarves. So, like, if the dwarves are right here, the tentacle is coming this way, I want to hit it, like, here okay. so the tentacle comes my way. Make sense? Yes. And I need to tell them that they need to grab everybody else and this wood and start running. Okay. 
I'll so, buy us time. <laughs> Take the wood and go back to the city. Yeah. And I'll run and I want to hit the tentacle. Okay, I'll try to. You go up and you attack the slithering tentacle. Bro, I attack. will use my 200, my 200, my two 100 weapons and okay. my extra attack. Uh, I'm going to start with lowest. Uh, 13, 20, 23. So you get all three attacks? Yeah. Uh, do I? I'm asking you. I, 13. Does that hit no, his no, AC? But you do get three attacks. Is, uh, my two attacks, my extra attack. Okay. For so my class, which I, I always get... forget. This is the first time I'm actually doing okay, it. Okay, so, okay. Okay, so so Valius is running to protect the dwarves. And I'll he's say attacking the tentacle, and he rolled a... 13. Uh, a... <laughs> Crap, now I'm moving on. A 13, a 17, I think, and a 23. I know the 23, and I know the 13. I don't remember. So the, the question is, did you hit the tentacle? Yes. And we will answer that next time. Because this will be the end of the podcast for tonight. <laughs> You can give us feedback and comments at our website, dndacademy.com. You can check out previous podcasts at our website and subscribe to future ones on iTunes. If you have a suggestion for a topic, we'd love to hear it. Email your ideas to podcast at dndacademy.com and you can connect with us on Twitter at dnd underscore academy. As always, thanks for listening and remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. <laughs>